that's that's mm. like a given unless we're doing it wrong. Unless it kind of wrong, and 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 and, and, and is similar to what you said earlier. Some in certain things, there's just no wrong or right because I know a lot of people doing it wrong and they they, they enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. Obey! You have selfish, ignorant citizens. You're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they'd like to hear? We are knee deep in a pool of stagnation. Ah, oh, no, no, wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, welcome to Objectively Incorrect. My name is Stephen. I am the host of the show, as usual. And I'm here with Dr. Garfield Alexander, who says, you know, you can call him Garfield, <laughs> call him Dr. Call him whatever you want, but just don't call him late for dinner. Um, and we're going to have a good show today. Today we're going to be talking about cultural and the, the, the identity, the identity of the Ketishan, where it come, came from, certain things that we see, certain things that we're going to comment on. We're going to get Dr. Garfield Alexander's, I'm going to call him Garfield from now on. We're going to get Garfield's um, viewpoint on this. Because you've been around, you've seen some things, you've heard some things. Um, you're usually on Facebook. Normally make me, you're making me sound older. No, man, you ain't old, okay. man. You might be older than me, I think. Most you likely. think? I think, I think, <laughs> I think, I think. But, but, but um, one thing I must say to you that I, I really do respect um, your cultural commentary on Facebook especially, um, which is one of the reasons I wanted to bring you here today. Because I like, I like the way that you think, I like the way that you articulate, especially in that medium. I don't know, me and you probably don't have a lot of conversations outside that realm, but I do, I do see what you do mm. on a regular basis. So I want to hear some of your thoughts about certain things, right? Mm. So as usual, we're going to start the show with fact or fiction, so let's just break the ice and get that done. And we're going to start off, as usual, it's going to be five statements. We're going to ask Doc, well, we're going to ask Garfield. I said doctor because it came out naturally. No, you could come out and no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. So we're going, to, we're going to ask him if it's fact or fiction. We're going to list five different statements and we're going to see if it's fact or fiction. All right. We're going to ask him what he feels and we're going to see how much he could get out of five. All right. And you Doc, said everybody normally fails this, right? Well, we have some people who have passed, but generally it's a failing endeavor. Right. All right, so you have to call me bluff on this one. So, okay, number one. In 2005, a girl in Ethiopia was kidnapped and saved by three wild lions. Again, in 2005, a girl in Ethiopia was, was kidnapped and saved by three wild lions. True or false fact or fiction? That, that would be false. And it's true. Saved by three wild lions. She was saved lions. by three wild lions. The lions chased off her kidnappers and stayed with her until the police found her. Oh, okay. Yeah, you see the nature of this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, number two. In the world's shortest commercial airplane runway is located on the mountaintop of, Sh- I don't know how to pronounce this, Cocacheville Airport in France. You were talking about French earlier. Mm-hmm. And is the highest asphalted runway in Europe at an altitude of 6,853 feet, and it's just over 518 meters long. The world's shortest commercial airplane runway. Is that true or is it false? I always thought it was in Sable. I'd have to call that false. And it is false. It is in Sable. Dude, how do you know this? I mean, do it. I don't know. You, you, you first, you first have started off by saying that you know I was going to fail this and then shocked when I finally get one right. Wow. I'm, I'm shocked because nobody seems to know this. 
Anyway, it's true. Sabre has the official shortest commercial runway with a strip of 393, yeah. 96 meters long. Flanked by rocky and water, well, a rocky cliff and water. Yeah, three cliffs and three sides. Ridiculous. I saw the pictures. And only the, I think it's only the winning pilots are actually trained because you actually have to train specifically to land there. To land there. Yeah. 396 meters. You can't ask me about Ethiopia except it's for Haile Selassie, but if you, you can ask me about Sabre. Did he choke on a chicken bone for real? Or that's, that's no, that's just that's, that's, that's fast. That's, okay, that's a ball head. All right, no problem. All right, so number three. There's a tradition in Glasgow of placing a traffic cone on the head of the Duke of Wellington statue. True or false? That's on European. That sounds true. And it is. It's true. So, so far you have what? There's two out of three? Mm-hmm. No, two out of three wrong. So one out of three Two out of three, right. Wrong. This one was, uh, I was wrong. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, two out of three, right. Yep. Thought I would fail and you're now failing me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm failing you. All right, so number four. And it's actually true. It costs them £10,000 per year to remove that cone. Mm-hmm. So somebody is getting paid something wicked to take a cone off of a statue head. He might be the same person that's putting it on. If you think about it, I, I would be the same person I put on. Or a family member, or a friend. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that sounds like kind of the security. Kind of the market immediately. Mm-hmm. All right. In measure in the measure era in Japan, there was a custom called Ahoguru, where people dyed their teeth black. True or false? In measure era, in the measure era in Japan, there was a custom called Ahoguru, where people dyed their teeth black. Yeah, that sounds true. And just like that, you win the game. <laughs> this is this was too easy. No, that's four. You said five. Yes, it's five. I'm, but you won the game. You did. You got three. It's true. No, I'd like my fifth question, please. You will have your fifth question. Okay. Sir. I won't cheat you out the fifth questions. Wow. But yes, they say if we turn. The- I, you said this is to break the ice and make me feel welcome. I feel very unwelcome. I feel like, <laughs> you know, that the chips are stacked against me. The chips are always stacked against <laughs> the guests, man. I had time to prepare for this. <laughs> All right, they said it actually prevented tooth decay, and the thing is, they actually found it to be beautiful. Mm. Black teeth. I that's that's far. Away there was an era that there was black lips too. Where was that? Where was that era? In that same um, saying, in, fe- feudal in Japan. Japan. Feudal Japan. Yeah. Black lips and black teeth. Uh. Uh-huh. Everybody has their thing. All right, number five. The Cayman Island holds. The Cayman Islands hold claim to being one of the few places in the world that hosts more businesses than people. True or false? That holds more... Yeah, that's true because they have a lot of... Um, I think they were doing a lot of... What's that called? That type of banking. I can't remember. Like foreign investment? What do they call it? No, it's not foreign investment. It was um, off, offshore, offshore banking. They were doing a lot of offshore banking and they were, they, they, the government facilitates a lot of that. that, that sort of trade, yes. Sort of trade, yes. And it's true. Yeah, yeah absolutely true. And the businesses, I mean, they, they made a special note to say that the businesses don't expect to find greater amount of businesses there. No, 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 no. It's just a lot of registrations, a lot of business registrations. And just like that, Mr. Garfield, come on, man. You see me impressed, I don't Four understand. Five, I'm impressed. You tell me name and all for like, like, I have to make these questions harder next time around. <laughs> or maybe I should just like, you know. For a doctor, I need to go like astrophysics or something. No, 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 no. I need no, to go deep. That's a stereotype. Deep astrophysics. What do you mean? As in you, you, you study astrophysics? No, as in... Um, Don't pretend that doctors are just immediately smart. That's what you're saying? I'm, I'm telling you doctors. No, doctors are not smart. Doctors are just like every other human being. What, what separates us from everybody else is 
or what should separate us from everybody is our level of empathy. Because mm. you're going to have variant, you're going to have doctors that are super intelligent, some that are just not, some are just for average intelligence. Mm. But empathy is what, because you make that transition after med school. Med school is when you, that the intelligence and whether you're able to regurgitate and whenever you're able to steal information, carry out certain tasks. Mm-hmm. But it's when you hit the real world now and that level of empathy now, if you don't have that, you, you fade out. Wow, that's, that's, so that's the secret sauce? I thought it was like, you know, proficiency, understanding. Um, no, of course, that comes in, but if you don't have empathy. The, for example, people say all the time, um, most doctors, we go into medicine because we want to be rich, but most doctors do, are not rich. What happened before is because med school, um, university on the whole was an expensive undertaking. Of course it was. So yeah. most people who became doctors were either children of doctors of people who were wealthy. Yeah. So you were wealthy to begin with. Yeah. So you had certain cultural aspects. So you, even without being a doctor, you were stacked that you would make some money because your money. family is affluent, has money, has that big business, business acumen that can mm-hmm. pass that on to you. So, you know... Is pretty much a hard and fast deal, but for most other persons, it's not so. It's not so. You have to work hard, and for lots of it, is lots of work without tax. So if you don't have that empathetic drive or that just really love it, mm-hmm. you won't stay on. Hmm. So that's, is, I mean, when you were doing your practice, when you first, um, when you first, you know, came out of university and and you were doing your practice and so on. Like they say, usually what doctors don't get any sleep in that time, but they expect they expect it to function at high capacity. Is, was that your experience or that's just something on TV? That was more my experience in, um, in med school. Because in Cuba, they have what's called guardia, which loosely translated means basically on guard. And for most of the specialties, you're basically in the hospital for 24 hours. Because what you would do is come in from the evening before, mm-hmm. for example, surgery. Mm-hmm. And so you would be on the surgical... Because here we do wards because yeah. we just have one hospital. But there you would have a surgical hospital. Okay. So you basically be in the urgent, uh, the emergency room of that, and just seeing cases all mm-hmm. night until in the morning. In the morning, you then have to go to the ward mm-hmm. and see whoever patients you you hospitalized the night before. So you li- you literally working for twenty four hours? Yeah, literally working for twenty four hours. So that was my experience, and that happens like basically in your last year at med school. At med school there in Cuba. So I experienced that. I never experienced that here in, in St. Kitts because when we came back and I was actually working at the emergency room, we had a nice little shift where you would... <laughs> a nice little shift. You'd uh-huh. come in at 8, uh-huh. leave at 2, and then the next day you'd come in at 2, uh-huh. leave at 10, I think, in the night, mm-hmm. and then the next day you'd come in at that 10-hour shift and leave for at 8 seven, in the morning. Uh-huh. So just before 8 in the morning, you make the, the transition. Uh-huh. And that was easy for you. That was easy. And so if you, and most times you don't have to go up and follow up on the patient. You would if you mm-hmm. want to see who, how the cases are doing, you can, but it wasn't mandatory. So I never had that experience mm-hmm. coming back, but I had, I had experience during, um, during my tenure in, in Cuba. And you had, you, you, I mean, you have your own private practice now. So that's, I mean, that's another thing. So you, 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 are you, you're leveraging time between the hospital and your private practice. Doesn't that get like demanding in terms of hours? Yeah, it, it, it does get demanding, but not to the point where it, it it's twenty four hours creates too much stress. Because and I guess it, it's just the person I am. I I I abhor <laughs> stress, and so I always try to mitigate it. Yeah, with, with and uh, and then and again for me, lots of times with practices, you you, you basically pushing. For me, my practice is just where I go 
when I'm not at the hospital, when I'm not carrying out my district duties. Mm-hmm. So that's very paramount in my mind. So th- that creates very little stress. So okay. if I realize I'm going to have, uh, I'm having a hard day, then I just minus the office that day. Indeed. You know, my, 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 my mom is a nurse, so like I've always been like completely, completely like just not interested, <laughs> like uninterested in medi- the medical field. But that's because you have that nursing perspective. Nursing is much more harder than being a doctor. Being a nurse is much, 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 much harder. And nurses are who are in the trenches. We just basically kind of like generals, kind of like officers in the army. Mm-hmm. That we have had work. It's that's a big decision making. Of but course. we're not in the trenches. Life, life yeah. yeah life we're not life. in the trenches. Nurses are who are in the trenches. And I saw my mom in the trenches, man. Like I, I was like, no, this is, this is not something I could do ever. All Before right? coming back, I always, used to, I always used to have huge respect for and have them and pair. Teachers and nursing and nurses, but now Dedication. coming back, nurses, nurses like several levels above. Like Dedication. teachers have big summer vacations, yeah, and Christmas yeah. vacations. Nurses no, never, never get that. No, 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 no. Two weeks, yeah. three maybe. And I think we could do so much more um, for our nurses in terms of. I would love to see where there's a designated area at the hospital where nurses. If you have a shift, you could come in early and get the show, and there's a locker room mm-hmm. and maybe even a flat screen TV where you could. Relax and Wi-Fi and and that's not hard. No, what I'm not. saying, where you we have the relaxed period, you would have much less nurses coming late mm-hmm. after a big shift. In because for me, I live in the country. When I commute, I, I get a chance now to not me doctor Alexander and mm-hmm. transfer to daddy. Most nurses don't have that. You farm a bus, catching a bus late because the shift doesn't finish at its assigned hour. Mm-hmm. You have to hand over. There's yeah. certain things that you have to do. So we could do so much, so much more for to our make nurses them more comfortable. because we know it's a thankless job. You know, even sometimes, because you go to the hospital and you're taking care of, and you think that it's it's owed to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that kind of entitlement. I mean, if I go to the hospital, I expect that people here are trying to save me life just yeah, because, yeah. because I show up. You know, I, I absolutely love nurses, and I think because, and I guess it's because I've met so many great nurses that have impacted me and add value to me as a doctor. So, and. Without begrudging it. And I, yeah. I always give people the example of working in the emergency room. I love working in the emergency room. And I remember there was this one nurse that, because I, I, like I said, we came on kind of defensive. So you were always on, we always on, at least for me, always on my P's and Q's and mm-hmm. making sure that I dot my I's and cross my T's. But because of that lack of experience, you're going to make some slip ups. And so I remember there was always this one nurse that used to just come and just, when I write up my orders, just slide it back to me and she would always say, just, you want to take a look at it again? She would never come and say, that's right, hey, yeah. we're going on here, like, you should have, yeah. no, no, it was always that kind of, yeah, that's, that's good, man. Just kind of ease me and then afterwards, teaching. afterwards I'd realize like every time she bring me back is because there's something there that right. I either need to explain or wasn't right and I'd always do that. And so there were several nurses who would do that in different levels. She was just on that level of uh-huh. motherly and, yeah, Lots of nurses, even the ones that would hiss and mm. go on bad, I would still appreciate because, you know, it mean a patient didn't slip through the cracks or, True. or go out on the road and not be adequately taken care of. So Have we lost that? Have we lost that, that sort of, like, that motherly care that, I mean... From the nurses? Not from that? the nurses. I thought, you know, like, I've just gone full scope. Okay. Um, in terms of our community, I mean, do we still have those those mothers who... We, we definitely do, but I don't think our system has changed so much that it doesn't allow for that. For example, volunteerism is, is pretty much dying in St. Kitts. You still have it, but it's, and I think it's, a, it's, 
it's a direct result of our sugar daddy politics mm. where a politician feels the need to do everything for you to be your answer to everything before it was there was there, there were levels like persons would first turn to their family first first and foremost like persons mm-hmm. most and wouldn't even turn to a friend unless it was a really close friend or a friend that True. came like family but family was first family yeah. was first then community because you would you know definitely go to the neighbor and ask for a spoonful of sugar and Mm-hmm. And community, when you go and you credit by the shop, true, true, little true. mom and pa shop, that, that, that's turning into community. You just didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe th- thirdly, they go to the, the church, mm-hmm. 4-H and these other non-governmental groups. That's true. But your politician was, was, your, was your last. Was your last. Because yeah. people were, they call it proud then, but it was more of, I'm going to look within myself and try to sacrifice and push a little harder before mm-hmm. I go out. It's the same way now where even when I'm involved in volunteer groups, I always tell them, you can't need $100 and go and beg for that $100. At least you have to go and say, I have 25 I just need 75 True, true, true. People yeah. are going to respect you more and you're going to share that. I've made some, some initiative yeah, for myself. Exactly. So, I've done something. So chip I just in need a little help. Right, right. But and why? We, we have less and less of that. We have, less, we have, we have, I have a need and this need has to be filled wholly 100%. and solely at 100%. And sugar daddy politics, I, I like that one. That's interesting. But then the thing is, how did we, I mean, in your opinion, how did we get to, to this kind of state? Like, I mean, you said that we used to be family first and then, of course, the community. And then, I mean, what, what is it that took us from that point to, I just want everything provided for me, that kind of entitled vibe. Like, give it to me 100%. I don't want to do any work for it. Hmm. I want to do as little as possible. I would want to think that globalization on a whole would have had that trickle-down effect. The, 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 the fact that it created less options. I'm going to give you um, an example. For example, I, I grew up with lots of very strong women that I didn't recognize and that had little, little what we call trays. And mm-hmm. it either be filled with pumps or other little foods, seasonal foods, or they'd make sugar cake. When you make sugar cake, Either your son or some guy would climb the coconut tree and you mm-hmm. get them for next to nothing because it's yeah. just from the tree. So that was brought wholly and solely from here in St. Kitts. You get some sugar and you make that. When we have a world now where you, it's cheaper for you to just go to the supermarket and grab, a, grab some candy mm-hmm. and sell them direct, then there's one person, the supermarket more than likely, that's receiving the direct profits of that. That's true. Uh-huh. There's not much of that trickle down. So that guy that climbed the tree for you doesn't get the five dollars. That mother doesn't get to reap in some rewards and make a, a profit mm-hmm. from nearly nothing. Just putting in blood, sweat, and tears. And maybe it. even a favor. Right. Uh-huh. So, so you, you're limited. So these are the women then who were able to support their families from what we would think would be nothing. True. So these women then went on to help community and help other family. Mm-hmm. When we have less and less of that, that pool there, that resource pool is, is, is just not there. True. And then when you have a political climate where we have not made a transition, I remember Bratcher saying that we now have political power, he's now for economic power. He said that way back in the 70s. And that's because when he looked over most of our leaders in the Caribbean, some didn't even have tertiary education. education. True. But Everybody was black. There was no more assembly. There was more reporting directly to England or waiting for England to sign off on whether the treasury needed to be rebuilt mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. We had the powers to, to we make had the those, powers. those decisions. So I think during that late 70s, 80s, we were a lot 
throughout the politician, this is throughout the Caribbean, this is not just a sinking thing alone. We were supposed to make that transition, but our, our I think our politicians really failed us. Our leaders mm-hmm. really failed us in in not making that transition and making more long term, far reaching decisions. It was more about. Sugar daddy politics are more about how do we ascend to that, that seat of power? Yeah. And how do we maintain costs? it? How do we maintain and it? And how do we maintain it at because all? Because I think I think too, it's 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 difficult. For me, democracy, democracy has is a is a double-edged sword to me. Um yes, I do love the fact that we still have, you know, black ministers, we still have a black prime minister, we still have you know that, that sort of solidarity that way. But what gets what gets me is that <clears throat> they're still working on a five by five. Sort of term basis, you understand. So <clears throat> we are judging them based on a five, a five, a five year term. Like, how much are you going to accomplish in the long term um, in five years? Not only just that, but we have a kind of pride mechanic to it as well. Like, why should I set up the next administration behind me to look to look great? You understand? It's not like a country above self sort of scenario. It's more of a I'm going to try to make my, my party look good so that we could stay in power the longest. You understand? Know like, it's not like I'm trying to make like 15 year decisions in my five year term. That's what I find. And, like, and most will tell you that they're not allowed because we feel very entitled to the fact that, that all right, we could change them in five years and we keep, we keep them that. So people want the media, people want to see roads fixed, people want to see uh, roofs put back on. Mm-hmm. So you, lots of politicians will tell you they can't get down and talk to the, more, to the masses and talk them talk to them about 15 year decisions but i beg to differ because i beg to differ as well i want to go back to our first premier and lots of decisions that he made back then that are still affecting us now that has separated us from most of the other caribbean islands and we're talking about nationalizing lands mm-hmm. that's just one of the major ones one of the but major lots ones. of other things that he did so but we undoing some of those same things. Uh, maybe I don't know if it's a point of we don't understand the um the we don't value. Teach, we don't we don't teach our natural history. I did. Um, I remember being asked, uh, uh, being invited to attend the leadership course and thinking like you know leadership is something you've already. Oh, you could teach somebody leadership and thinking that that was I I don't beneath me. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to go and I think it was one of the most uplifting uplifting periods of my life like how it was structured we had speakers from uh, lots of national speakers lots mm-hmm. of visiting delegates as well but guy, the guys that came in and talked to me about my history like why the Cadden home is a call the Cadden home and who is Cadden who is this Mr. Cadden wow that's a good question and, <laughs> a lot and, of us don't know that and, and I remember finding about the engineer that actually brought water to Bastia because Bastia is not well filtrated by water where water comes from Wingfield, Old Road, and mm-hmm. Kian. Oh, and really? even that there was a humongous piece of ingenuity, and there was a black engineer decided to do that. And I remember coming back and having a big fight about moving the, that little statuette in, in, in the fountain in the square. Mm-hmm. And then finding out in this leadership course that that was put there as a symbol. And of course, during that time, there, there was no... A symbol for what? The, a symbol of water being in the center of Bassi because I was very much thought oh, to be the yes. center of okay, Bassi. Okay. Uh-huh. So this engineer, because we had water rationing through Bassi during that, that, that era. Mm-hmm. He came and he decided, no, we can bring water and people laughed at him because he was a guy that went off, studied engineering and decided to come back home to think it's an add value and he did. So that fountain, that, wa- that fountain running through the day was basically a symbol of, and we of have course they didn't have any water. black or Afrocentric statues at the point. So that mm-hmm. was, what, but I'm saying that 
there was a big fight and I was all for it. Like, move that Eurocentric yeah, yeah, out of yeah. the independent of square. But of course. that's what I'm saying. What about our I had similar thoughts. I had similar thoughts. Mm. The same as I'm, I'm, I'm on Facebook and I, and I see them produce, I think it was the St. Kitts. I don't remember the name of the society, but the, the, I think it's attached to the lady in government headquarters who keeps all our records and goes through some of mm-hmm. our the historical records. Right. Uh-huh. right. And they Ms. posted about this, what mm-hmm. we call the Syrians and and how they, it, they were seen as a national threat. Yes, yes, yes. Saw that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I saw that. I saw that post. And I, I'd never heard anything about I that. I'd never heard of it. Uh, but I'm saying it that... It made sense, though. When I saw some of the names, I'll be honest with you, it, it really did. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, so they have that heritage. Okay, I could see that. Right. I could almost see it in their faces. Right. You know, the color, the, 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 the facial the structure, everything. they knows everything. But what, 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 what spiked me was the fact that they saw them as a national threat. The well, British the, the, the British government right. saw them as a national threat. Right. But unless we know this history... These things can be repeated because we hear people talking about the Dominicanos or the persons from True. where we call erroneously from Santo Domingo, but mm-hmm. they're from the Dominican Republic. Public, Santo Domingo is just the capital. The capital, yeah. So and, and if we, we were taught these histories, we were taught that at one point we went to Panama, we went to Cuba, we went to um, the Dominican Republic, persons, our forefathers went there because life was so, so hard in yeah. St. Kitts. Then we won't be so, quote-unquote, scornful. I'm going to use True. our kitchen word. Or xenophobic. Right. So xenophobic. Mm-hmm. When we... When we say these things, True. but we have to know our national history. That's just not the history that we taught for CXC. Mm-hmm. We have to know our national history where we're doomed to repeat some of these atro- atrocities. Are we, are we taught history in, 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 in high school? We, we taught Caribbean history and we taught a lot of erroneous history that tells us that the Caribs ate people yeah, and, and, and those type of things. But that's what I'm saying. These like, are facts that we know are untrue. We continue to perpetuate that's them. That's what I'm saying. This is, this is the thing that gets me. I don't know if we teach Caribbean history. I think we teach European history. We teach history from the perspective of, of the people who once called themselves our masters. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I, I, like the Christopher Columbus scenario of him coming here and discovering a new with a bunch of people already here, already have an, a pre-established colony here. You understand? In the, all of these different countries. Like, but, you know, I, I it's always, erroneous. Just, that's, that's, being nice. that's a story I always wanted to... to, to um, to teach because Christopher Columbus and many like him came here and lots of these indigenous I hate to call them Indians but these indigenous people gave them what little gold they have because that's what they were after Mm -hmm. and they gave them pieces of glass which they thought were wonderful but we do the same thing here when when these persons come off these cruise ships so don't don't we do the same thing exchange our wonders Mm -hmm. to them yeah, we give it to them. For plastic. For plastic. And okay. for pieces of paper. Right. So it, it's, a it's ongoing it's, it's and an ongoing perpetuation scene. of the same. I don't know. I think my, my biggest qualm is that he claimed he claimed discovery. Um, he claimed discovery. He committed mass genocide. We don't. I, I, when I was in high school, I never heard anything about Christopher Columbus committing any sort of genocide. I don't know if there was any mention of him. Um, but they, they did mention in history books that there are lots of them contracted um, illnesses, illnesses from, from the, yeah. the Europeans because they didn't have any natural um, born, what do you call that? Immunity, uh, right. Immunities um, to right. these smallpox. And these but you know, it was also taught that, especially syphilis, that syphilis was actually something that the Europeans picked up here and took back to Europe because it, and, and that wasn't the truth. 
In really? fact, they, yeah, they've had excavations where they found one of centuries before um, Columbus came here or left that persons had uh, complications of syphilis. Because syphilis is a, <laughs> it's a very complex disease. It could go to the brain, it could go to the bone. So, no. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, they, so, that's so been no proven that, that's been proven that that's, that's the disease that was brought down. From Europe to here. To here. It had a strain that would existed here in the Caribbean, but it, it, it didn't give any of those, those, those symptoms. But this, this and most of the Indians were immune. They were immune to syphilis? To, to the strain of syphilis that was that here. That was here Caribbean. already. Okay, so they right. bought a new strain. A new and strain. Of course, there wasn't, right. they wouldn't have been um, immune, immune to that. And lots of the... In, but remember, these illnesses would have, would have killed a lot of the indigenous population. But again... There was mixing, and again, lots of resistance would have would have occurred. So yeah. it couldn't it couldn't have annihilated these people. Mm-hmm. Why annihilated these people was the type of work that they were pushed to do. Pushed to do, yeah. yeah. Cut off their these hands. These people were subsistence farmers, hunter gatherers. They would do all the work, but they lived with in one with nature. Mm-hmm. When you ask them now to excavate a cave and look for gold that doesn't exist, you and and pushing them to the very limits. Yeah, you're gonna can, kill them. They're off. gonna die in droves, right? Yeah, because the thing is, that you're, you're, you're mining gold, but gold has no subsistence for them. They don't, mm. I don't even know if they see it more past than just being a trinket or something glitterly, glitterly, glittery and nice. It's not, they, you no, know, they, they, never, it. they never gave that, that, that value, the same value that the Europeans, that Europeans had for it. Yo, <laughs> but what, I mean, what other sorts of, 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 of misinformation do we, do we have um, that continue to perpetuate itself in the way Our, our whole image of what Africa is. That, that, that is another one that's perpetuated every, every single day. And again, it goes back to our history when we call them slaves. They, these weren't slaves. These were prisoners of war. And it's been... Sh- the, the, the most amazing war that ever occurred is the war that occurred in Africa that even then the Europeans understood that this, whatever we've discovered and yet to discover, this is a glorious place and we want it and we're going to share it up. But we're going to go one step further and do this rather than... Because colonization is something that's been practiced throughout human of history. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. But normally you'd settle in that place. Mm-hmm. You could have slaves. Most of these slaves could buy back their future. Lots of... And then buy slaves in return. So it's lots just, of interbreeding you circle. But what, what occurred in Africa is that you decided afterwards we're going to take all the able-bodied men and women and export them. So they now become prisoners of war. In a foreign land. In a foreign land. So there's no chance of a uprising and upheavals. No. Uh, emancipation. No. Uh, because, true emancipation. Because right. you're shipping out everybody. You could never get back home. You'll never, never, never see never. your motherland never, again. Never, never, never. So, and that's why it's created, even though there are persons, there's a, there, there was that, that, I can't even call it the exodus, but you can call it. There was a mass exodus of Africans during that period. And there's a mass exodus now because now you've built up all the countries and nations of Europe to the point where there's, Africans feel like there's nothing there for them and they must go out and seek their and future see, in Europe. In see, yeah, so they're still moving out in droves. Oh, man. So the, the <laughs> and, there's, and even us in the diaspora, even us here, who are the most able-bodied and the most able-minded to go back there, and mm-hmm. we claim what is ours. Still see it as the most archaic, the most lesser. uncivilized place. So lesser. lesser than. Yeah. So we scorn the Africans when they come here. When one African student would spend more than one tourist coming off the ship. 
but we don't see that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Again, it, it, we we have a we have a very false sense of xenophobia because I don't think we really accept a lot of other the only and I'm gonna say this. I think the only people that we accept and we see them as as at for an economic benefit is is the European and the American, the American man or woman who come here. We we feel like okay, they have money, they have U.S. dollars, and we try to impress them so we could get some U.S. dollars. We're slaves to that economic draw, which is I think is false because I mean, who variates the the value of money? But it's definitely is, not us. Immigration is so funny in that. Most most times it's positive unless you have criminal aspects coming in. We, we definitely don't have that issue. Our stats have shown that we don't have an influx of persons from Jamaica or Dominican Republic that are carrying out criminal crimes. activity. Yeah, mm-hmm. like if you meet with most of the Dominicanos, and most of them are, are Christians, They're very nice, uh, very nice and approachable persons. But what you have is two tiers. You have that lower tier of persons that are coming into the jobs that we have deemed below us. So they are not a problem for us because we're the ones employing them and we're the ones paying them. And then there's that higher tier. Most of them not from the Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. from other islands, Trinidad, any other island, but who come in to work at Central Bank, coming in with specialist skills that we don't have. Mm-hmm. We don't have a problem because we don't have those. What happens is when there's a change in the economy, a downturn, mm-hmm. and now kitchens want some of those jobs that they before... The, the, they didn't thought know. that was beneath them. Then there's the issue. But most times it's just a, a stereotype that person is saying that they're taking jobs that they don't want. But again, who is, does somebody benefit from them? The mm. employers are benefiting from these guys because they don't want to pay the locals the price that, the locals. that, that it's worth because whatever they're demanding most times is what they're worth. Mm. They have persons coming in who are willing. desperate. Yeah, they're willing. They're, and they're taking advantage. They're willing to do that half price. But somebody has to be benefiting, otherwise they wouldn't keep coming. So when we hear these persons saying that they're coming in, working for half the price, somebody's benefiting. But the thing is, I'm, I'm wondering, isn't it, isn't it a little malicious, though? Do you see and those malicious? Part? On the part of Kitishans, and I'm going to talk about my own national pride here for a second. Um, what happens when you devalue the workload, you devalue the, the workforce to the point that only... People from, you know, other countries, like, I'm going to use Santa, not Santa Domingo, but the Dominican Republic as an example. If the, the work is supposed to be $1,000 a month, and the Dominican is coming and saying, I'm going to work for $500 a month, then how, how do my countrymen compete with that? How do we, how, how, how is it in the long term, how will this benefit our countrymen in the long term? But you see, before I, before I try to answer that, remember all this is a, work and you spoke of democracy earlier but capitalism operates like that capitalism operates on the fact that you try to get as much work with as little pay as possible, as possible. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's how you so make you profit maximize, you maximize that, profit that, that's how you mm-hmm. maximize profit mm-hmm. so the system is skewed to begin with True. so even when the locals are working you're being on the pay. Yeah, of course. Of course. You have so, to be. In order for somebody to make profit, you have to be. Somebody has to be underpaid. It's weird and I hate so, it, but it's, it's what it is. So I don't know if you actually devalue because again, like I said, <clears throat> one person is benefiting and that's why it's being perpetuated because somebody's benefiting. So the, the, I, I can't blame the Dominicano because again, I, I, our immigration laws are supposed to put checks and balances in place so that you don't have that taken advantage of, but it's always going to exist because... That's what capitalism is. It's taking advantage. Sure. 
and there's much that the local can do. Because like I said, if, if you're constructing a building mm-hmm. and your labor cost is this much, if you could cut it in half, you're going to cut it in half. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to use a different example. I, I've been studying some amount of, um, some amount of, of, sorry to call it race economics, but let's look at the Jews, for example, or even the Chinese. Before a Chinese man, or Chinese, a Chinese person, or a businessman would invest in any other ethnic group, they try as much as possible to support the Chinese economy, mm-hmm. okay? The Jews are the same. They're, they're before, you know, you're, you're Jewish, you send your child to a Jewish school. You, you shop at a Jewish store. You, you buy Jewish clothing as much as you can, unless you're rich and you could afford to do whatever you want. You try to keep as much of that money in the economy as possible. Um, I don't know, I, I haven't seen in St. Kitts or in any other black-centric place where we do something similar. Like, the Chinese will come, the Indians will come, as long as the price is cheaper, we're going out there and we're trying to buy the cheaper stuff. We Disregarding who we're buying it from. So when John is having a, when John has a small shop down there, nobody supports John. John goes out of business. Capitalism at work. Because he's not, he's more expensive than the other people. But when John loses a job, what happens to John? When John doesn't have, when John can't win an enterprise, what happens to John's children? What happens to John's family? What happens to that? Are we creating a, a vacuum of, 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 of possibilities for things to go in a negative direction because we're not supporting our own? What do you feel about that? Um, that sort of ethnic economy. Do we need to establish one or is, is, it, is it irrelevant? Is it, what do you think? It all... I don't want to say it's all stats, but we are very fractured per people. And we're not fractured by, by any fault of our own. Because lots of times there's lots of blaming and finger pointing. And even when we, 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 we come at a synopsis, our synopsis only goes back a few decades. Mm-hmm. Remember, we, we spoke of prisons of war. We brought these prisons of war, fractured persons. There were systems put in place to keep us separated all this time. So... When you speak about the Chinese, that's generations, millenniums of, of having a culture established uninterrupted. Maybe you have a few persons who invaded, or <laughs> in the case, in certain Asian cultures, but Generally. your culture has definitely has been maintained. There, there was no 500-year interval or no 500-year suspension or pause. True. That, has what has, that is what has happened to us. Mm-hmm. But even within the diaspora, because the in places like, especially in the U.S., they, they were black artisans and they were making, but laws were put in place to stop that. Laws were put in place that you can't buy property in certain places. Sure, yeah. You can't go to school. So there were systems put in place all the time to maintain us where we are. And people would say, Dr. Alexander, that's a conspiracy theory, but... It's not. It's, it's, not, it's, it's true. not. It's true. It's, it's not. actual. They are documents. Right. So Chinese, are, within their culture, have been allowed to thrive uninterrupted and established. Same as the Indians. That's why they came on and they seem so much more honest. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Because they have systems and those systems are so cultural and so valued by them that you could have a guy leaving from India, know his family is in there and he's being employed in Sinkets and that employer is sending the money back and he's just doing woman board here. And he's sure he wouldn't run anywhere. You understand? Mm-hmm. But where are people now that have been brought up now and taught that we can't trust each other. 
that we have to be mindful that everybody's out there to get us and everybody's out there to run at us. And that's not true. Can we survive that whole Holocaust? Because ours was a Holocaust, so because we, we, we cleave together. Of course, we, 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 there's lots of infighting, mm-hmm. but the general crabbing and barrels notion that we have is not true. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have dedicated true. my time to come here. That's a good point. To mm-hmm. add content to what I, what I would call your thing, mm-hmm. if you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So there's there, but there's, it has to start from above where we see that, that, that networking amongst our leaders and that perpetuated downward. But once our economies become destabilized every five years because of an election, it's not true democracy. But then, what would be the, what would be the answer? I mean, what? I mean, we, we are talking about we are talking about black identity here because we think we're talking okay. about the West well, Indian. Let me let me get back to that. Sure. Mm-hmm. There's lots of fear whenever we integrate. Yeah, Malcolm X spoke about it about just have in our neighborhoods. Why don't we buy from black stores? Every time we try to do that, we we we, we call racist. When every other culture does the same, does the thing. same. That's it's, what I'm saying. It's it normal for you to to help your own, and then afterwards see how you can help the others. Yeah, but, but every time afterwards, the, every time blacks do that, it, it's seen as racist. It's seen as reverse racism. That that nobody wants. That that we should be thinking about democracy and integration. Every time we try to do that, but everywhere you look at it's. Every culture same. has survived because of that. Because of that. Because they support their own first. Right. And if there's anything left, there's anything left. I mean, we could have you as a customer. We don't mind bringing your money into our economy. But we're not, we're not first and foremost trying to give you back your money. You understand? Like, I mean, there's no Black Amazon. I don't know of any. There's no place. Nobody is setting up anything like that. There's nothing. Because what? We're not gonna, we know that we're not going to support it. That's, and that's a problem. How do we, we how do we change that? What what how do we get a system or get an understanding that look, listen, if we don't pull together our resources, that we're gonna phase out just like But one of it is um we we spoke about the five hundred and five hundred years of slavery that has totally fractured what is the black nation, what is the black people, the black diaspora, Africa. But we still have to understand that that has to be repaid. And so most persons will make a motion and say that, no. I'm going to give you the example. Of, I had a little scenario with my daughter where we were at home and she was on Netflix and she pulled up, I think it was, and it was, uh, I'm trying to remember the word, but it was speaking about the queen and her. I think she was celebrating like, I think she might be in her 80s. How yeah. many years I... Since so her ascension to the crown and everything. And they were heaping accolades on her. And like, and accolades. I was in the kitchen and I just stroops out loud. Uh-huh. So my daughter was, and she knows me. She was like, she didn't do anything, daddy. What did she do? She just been the queen. I said, but yeah, but she represents a whole structure. She does. That whole. She does. Britain that went into every corner of this earth. And tried to claim it. Claimed it, erased, docu- it just erased history as much as possible. Tried to twist the culture right. to to and be she, And then her mother and her English. told me no, but but she didn't do that. So I gave them the scenario of because we were home, mm-hmm. and I said we're in our house. A group of people come and take this house from us, take everything in it, and just put us out. Fifty years in the future, 
we still own the house, but they and the and the children of those people now live in the house. Does that house doesn't that house still belong to us? Yeah, sure. It does belong to us. It does belong to us. Mm -hmm. The person's living in it right now. They stole the one that took it. it away yeah, they stole us. it. Yeah, they're the one that took it. But away. they're benefiting. But from they benefited all those years of having it. You could have they've taken out the second mortgage, mm -hmm. send all the kids to school by mortgaging the house, mm -hmm. and they don't owe you anything. And that house is any less. That's not the case yours. for reparations. So, so, so that's, that, that's the scenario I gave them. That's the same scenario again. There's, there's no us getting ahead without that. There's no us getting ahead without that. Because yeah. it, it wasn't just a matter of just slavery. I'm talking about even after slavery, True. laws were put in place. To keep us, to keep us subjugated. To make sure that you don't excel because it, it, it was fear. And the same fear perpetuates now that stops a black movement, a black shop, a black neighborhood. If it's really with crime, it fits the stereotype. If it if it isn't, if it's progressive and moving certain place, what is going on in there? It's People a are threat. fearful of that. It's a serious threat. It's a threat. It's it's funny. It's funny. I'm gonna just use America as a, a small. It's not small, but I'm gonna use it as an example. Obama came in. Obama had two terms, and right after Obama's terms, we have President Trump. Mm. It seems like it's the farthest cry from what he represented as a symbol. I'm not, I'm not so sure he did a lot of... Uh, anyway, I'm not going to go into... Yeah, he wasn't a very symbolic, Malik. I guess, for, uh, apart from his initial... <laughs> right, <laughs> yes, right. we can, right. rhetoric. <laughs> but, but again, he, he was really one of the mill in terms of a, a, a president. He represented a lot because of his color and, I guess, his stature and him being you know, well-versed and charismatic and so on and, and not having a, um, one of those, um, you know, those affairs and so that went viral. But what I'm saying is, for what it's worth, for what he represented and what the current president now represents, it's 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 complete. It seems like it's completely opposite. No, but we don't, there would be no Trump without an, uh, an Obama. And that's that's the truth. There would be I no Trump without I, I Obama. Who who is not cognizant of that is who either ignoring it or maybe just ignored. But that's what happened. It scared people. Yes, it did. Because on all the time we were under the guys that America was integrated and and racism. Didn't, didn't exist except for a few pockets, but this clearly showed that people are now saying we want back our America. This yeah. is not our America. Make it great again. We can't have a black president. We mm. just can't. But the thing is, I think Dave Chappelle said it the other day. He said when he went to vote, he, he voted for Obama, of course, voted the two terms. But when he went back to vote for Hillary, he said he never saw some of the voters that he saw come out. Like, I mean, just tractors and, and so on. You know, the, the, I want to say... The 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 the, peop, the majority of Americans came out to vote, and the majority of Americans, meaning the Caucasians, they came out to vote, right? They came out to vote because first you're gonna have progression in terms of a black president, and now you're gonna have the the I'm gonna call it the threat of a female president. Man. This goes against everything that they stand for. You, you're going too far, and and it just goes to show you that um I'm, again the the this whole guy is that America is is is. It's a big feminist movement going on in their power because it's a black a man could get elected before a female. Before a female white woman. Right. Like, we would rather have mm -hmm. what Trump is and what he represents than to have a female mm -hmm. president. Mm -hmm. and, and this is, I mean, getting back to what, what, what I feel the topic is in terms of black identity, what, what does it mean for us? What is it? What do we represent? I mean, as a people, as, 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 as kitticians, 
what 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 are our characteristics what do we need to, what do we stand for not what do we need to stand for but what do we stand for right now like is it that we're following in the capitalistic agenda or do we have an identity different to that in your opinion is it are we unique somehow what makes us kitishan like i say i i i'm now back to my first mind my first money, like any other person, I think in any other, any one of the other islands, we always think that our nation is the greatest. Mm -hmm. So, I, of course, I went to that and I go to Cuba, study with lots of other islanders, lots of other Caribbean people. And I realized that we're not much different. So, I came back very much a Caribbean man mm -hmm. and then did the leadership course, learned a lot more about St. Kitts, did a lot more research. And there's something uniquely special about this island and its people. Um, Every time I travel and meet pockets of kitchens, I see it. There are lots of kitchens out there who are doing great things in research. I run into a doctor in D.C. and that we just unheard of because we don't have a melting pot. We don't have reunions. We have carnivals. Yeah. Like yeah. I've been to Dominica where there are reunions. People feel a need to go home and go home to their village. So there's there's no connect there's no hub. Yeah, there's no hub. So yeah. how you have a national identity? If people don't feel like this is the mecca and this is why I come back. And even if I do great things out, the people here should either learn from it or benefit somewhere from it. We don't have that. People go it, away within and the condition minds mindset. Mm -hmm. Just go away and stay away. Yeah. So we need that. In terms, I, I think we're moving further away of what condition is. And I, again, we are living in a globalized world, but unless. We're teaching our history. Like I, I always amazed at America and they, how they could make anything great. Like, <laughs> like the Arizona desert, you go out there and you just irrigate desert. and you just you, you just create stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 for me, especially in my my under my hat as a as a marketer, you understand how marketing is. That you could market anything. Anything. It could it could just be made yesterday. You make a story for it. It has a story and you will market it. Somebody there will connect with the story. But we don't do any of that story. Our storytelling is telling people that slavery existed and we had how many cane fields here and, and then estates. putting them in hotels that are not much different from the plantation house. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I, we still I don't know. Living I'll in give that. you a classic example. I saw a Heineken commotion and I always was amazed because I always remember growing up and thinking that Jamaica must be the only place that don't have a national beer because I always thought Heineken, I always saw it marketed, I always see it in all the dance hall and everything. And I remember this classic Heineken commercial that I saw. And it, it was set in a bar. And in the bar, of course, people watching the flat screen uh -huh. and everything. And then the guy runs in, you know, in the dinner noise and says, the toys are come, the toys are come. And so the guys then put away the TV um, so, um, a guy just come and just throw two foul inside the... Oh, no, I see where you're going. They pull out the red stripe, hide all the Heineken. At one last minute, a guy come and just pull down the sign that says Wi-Fi hotspot or something like that. Something like that. <laughs> and and, and, and it, I, I, I laughed out loud because it was funny and it was real. But that's the tourism that's that the we tourism. sell. Yes, that's what we sell. We that's love exactly everything we must sell. look old. That's why we, 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 we... Everything must not look modern. It must look colonial style. We remember that we have to wear that, that crocker's bag thing and it's uncomfortable, but we have to wear it with this little color so on the top. So why we can't be the Zen? Why we can't be the hub of e-commerce? Yeah, why, or something There's a Silicon modern. Valley in, in, in San Francisco. Why, why, we can't, why all of us have to just follow along this line that we feel that, and not saying that, and I, wonder, and I, I always wonder how lucrative it is and 
Because every time you come here, you leave something behind and you take something away. Mm-hmm. What are they so, taking away? So we really have to look at our tourism now. And even as we do it as tourism, there should be a tourism where we land here where Sandy Point specializes in something. It's because even during the natural era growing up, mm-hmm. You know, Sandy Point had the Marco Jumbi, mm-hmm. St. Peter's had the Acrobat, some yeah, mansions had the... The ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So within the, each little pocket, just like how the accent changes, mm-hmm. there's certain idiosyncrasies that we could tap into. True. Our tourism doesn't even manifest that. No, no, so, we don't. So is it really Kitishan? When you go down to the booths, people are selling things from Taiwan and selling things from that it's mass true. produce in some other area. And just, and just go back to the, it's on it. the story of the sugar cake and it coming from a tree and how much it represents and how much it, it gives value. Mm-hmm. Every time we do that, we dilute that. True. And, and True we have guys, and, 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 and I'm talking about now we have an ever with persons that are tertiary educated, persons who have specialized in tourism. But and tourism, the, mass marketing, and uh, but we're still not seeing. No, we're not realizing the potential because we're not again, seeing depth. No, because when they come back, they just assimilate into the same exact uh, what's going on here. And we're promoting plantation life, and, and that's what happened. Ever since we we, we we've they've so called given us access to everything as everything is about certification and not skill. Mm. Again, I'm going to give you the example of all these. Carnival on a whole and how we came together. It wasn't, it, it wasn't nationalized. It wasn't governmental. It was just the movement of all these guys on the different plantations in mm. the different areas that went about doing things differently. Yeah. But they were already grouped in gangs and already had leaders. So it was easy for that to formulate and farm bulls and farm these different, the different folklore. Mm-hmm. And it culminated that carnival when you were given a chance to express a holiday it. and express it. Mm-hmm. Sure. That again was linked to 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 you being artisan and and and, and working with your hands and having a skill. It's having a skill. There's a lot of certification now. That's what happens when you're certified in these areas. You come back and you just fit into the mold. You're not creating. You're not innovating. No, you're not. You're, you're not, not changing you're not anything. Innovative. Because you've 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 done three years or four years of school that just tells you do this, do this, and this is the way it's done. And anytime you go out, because you have to be able to be, for you to be marked, you have to be going down that one, that, that one linear road. way. Yeah, you do. If from your divert, you're wrong. Yeah. It's, it's it's wrong on the paper. The other day, a friend of mine, she went to um Europe. She had to go to a conference, and they were setting up to do the conference and so on. She was helping some of the, the people out and whatnot. Of course, she was working along with Europeans, and she says, "Stephen, I'm telling you, right? These people only know how to do things the way that they're taught to do things." There's no adaptation and so on. You know, like when we start a little business in St. Kitts and so by, it's just, there's no linear way to farm a business in any way, but in St. Kitts, it's like, it's resourcefulness above everything. Right. If you can't pull, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to have to change how I do this. You're changing every year. It's almost like you're growing on a, on a different, you, you, your business model changes every single year because... It's not even like just to keep up, it's to understand the people who right, you're right. marketing to. You're not marketing to any and anybody, marketing to kitchens and they are special for how you, you need to buy. So she said, it amazed her that with all of the certification, with all of the, 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 the education that they have, with all the degrees, like simple, simple things, like simple, once they hit a wall, it's like, oh my God, they start to go crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's like, yeah, but we just don't do it that way. We just, we could just... Right, right. We could just grab the. We could just grab this from over here and put it in. Look at it. It works. It works now. Oh, you're such a genius. Oh my God. 
And she's not. And she, no, she's just <laughs> she's just res- like she just learned to be resourceful because right. she had to do it. It's not even a case of oh, it was an option. Like you live in the Caribbean, you're not ex- you don't have access to a lot of the things that people in the states or thing just have the like the convenience of hey, I'm gonna press a button, it's gonna reach to my door. Like everything takes a little bit of time. You have to be you have to have some foresight. You have to be resource- You have to know how to talk to people. You have to be connected to certain right. people. It, it, it's just a level of resourcefulness that we have here that I don't think we don't give each other. With increased technology and increased population like they have in those places, I think a lot of things, lots of things have to be linear. Just try to work it out as, as in a man moving from a cave, going to a place like Africa, mm-hmm. Ghana, seeing how they smelt copper, and then having to come back now and teach that to other persons. He has to... He has to be genius in a way. He has to know how do I go back now and teach it to a person who have no notion of it. No, not so all. it has to be structured. Mm-hmm. It's the same way. All the time we had student teachers going up in in the colonial days, but now we have an understanding that teachers have to be trained. You have to know. I think it's called pedagogy, where you where you were trained to teach. Mm-hmm. There's a skill in it. There's yeah, a, there's skill a skill in, in imparting teaching. the knowledge yeah. and how you go about imparting that knowledge. And yeah. they've always been great in that. The Europeans have always been great in that there. So they will come, see something, and, and, and understand how it can be marketed to their, their, their persons yeah, their and how, we, how, how it can it be. And lots of times you that. You go to an artist and you tell him, I need you to teach three guys. And he, he's unable to do that. Mm. And we think that he's dumb or dunce for not being able to do it. But that, that's, that takes a, that's a special type of intelligence. Yeah, it's a special type of intelligence. Because they have to break it down to its simplest parts. Right, right, right. A lot of things is like, even like cooking, you know, sometimes some people cook by spirit. You know, he's not buying no measurements. It's mm. like, man, that's I enough salt. It. That's enough pepper. That's enough, like, you know. The Europeans will come in and, and put the science to it. Yeah, they will come in yeah. and they quantify each element. It's like, okay. That happened in cricket too. The same way we were... Yeah, it happened we in cricket ru- and it destroyed we ru- us. We were running the cricket world. Yes, because of natural the, talent. Natural ability. And then these guys came and made a science of it. Made a science of it. They made Research cricket it. easier. Yeah, they, they understood that already. And if you're going at a ball, one guy just has to slow down the ball, the other ball throws. The same as you hear people say... They've been on a construction site with the Chinese and told you that they do it differently. It's not yeah. different. It's just that they understand it. And, and, and like I said, it's, it's something that's indoctrinated. It's a culture. So we, we, sometimes there's an unfair comparison that we make. True. For example, those guys who come together in a little construction group, you just be six or eight of them, mm-hmm. and they understand everything is steam. True. So we're moving this year. Mm-hmm. There's no competition. Even within the, the, the skill guys, if you're the girl that run blocks, mm-hmm. I don't need to come here and show that I could run more blocks than the other guy. True. We come together, you, you, put, you, you mix the mortar, I apply the mortar, you throw the bricks, and we get this done and we get out here early. Yeah. That's the team That's mindset. The team. Yeah, but team. within our system, our education is not that. Everything is competition. Ego, yeah. Like you go count the amount of times within high school that you do group work, mm-hmm. and everybody hated it, and you always have some stickle in the group yeah, that keep back information. Yeah. <laughs> or somebody that feels that like Lazy. Have, right. Somebody ain't doing the shield. And that's because even from preschool, primary school, we've been taught to just compete, compete, compete. compete and and do it alone. the other person and do it alone. And then we put into jobs where we have five, six other co-workers, and that's why you always see people on Facebook making noise about the simplest thing about the co-workers that can't stand it. Because you've not been taught to, to do teamwork. No. And teamwork makes a dream work, and you get it done together. The other day, I went to a funeral. I went to my girl. She, she, her grandmother died. And afterwards, I had a little wake and sound. So we had to, simple thing, simple thing. We had to just move um, a cooler, two coolers from out of the back of a van and, and just carry it to where the, the wake was happening. 
And this young guy, he came, like we called some guys and said, okay, guys, we move these two big coolers. Let's go on and run these coolers, right? And this guy came and like, he, like this, this is a huge cooler. So he's trying to lift this cooler by himself. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Don't do that. There's like four or five of us here. Like we, we could literally just, two of us, three of us could carry one cooler and it'd be easy. So he's like, okay, cool. Steps aside, we start carrying the cooler. When he realized the length, or the distance that we had to travel with the school. He was like, bye. I'm glad I didn't lift this up by myself. I mm -hmm. said, you know, it's funny that whenever we get a task, the first thing we think about is, how could I accomplish this task? Mm -hmm. Instead of, how could this task be accomplished in the most efficient mm -hmm. way? If I could get Garfield to help me, then we, the, the workload could be easier. The Chinese, when they come here, they don't, you don't see, see man lifting up two and three blocks and so running, running blocks in their hand and things like that. Chinese don't believe in that. It's like, why am I killing up myself? I have a whole eight hours of work to do. Mm. The two of us could carry two blocks and we could, we could go up the road together. And There's we can know that that's something that could be easily inculcated with us. Exactly. It's the same as, and, and I, you would help us. I, I, I hear people telling other women, um, I ain't, main thing, natural gun tech me. Natural gun So I, I like, you know what I mean? You, it, 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 that's just so contradicting. So you're saying that if you believe in God, that God will give you something that Don't doesn't take, take you. you. Right. But that is the level of disconnect that we have with our here. And, 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 and I can't bash because that, again, is the 500 years of you being detached from yourself and all that is self for you, where your grooming skills... Ah, oh, that was taken away. Like, you don't even know you're here. Because like, for, for us, most of our hair salons is just hair salons. Yeah. You go and you want a style, that's a style. That's but a nobody's style. gonna go through here and tell you, all right, then. The I think this is best for you. Right. Give you an assessment. And or even assess your hair. Mm -hmm. And say, all right, those at the back are going fast, those at the back are curved, because you have different textures within even one scalp of hair. Yeah, of course, of course. Going in different directions. So even when, even people tell me, how come you don't just shave your head? Is a ball that you're taking? And most good barbers would tell you, you you would see them go different, go go against the grain. Mm -hmm. I mean, go go with, with the grain. Yeah, in and different parts of your head. In different parts of your head. So they cut, you know, I mean, they cut certain parts first. Yeah. And all the barbers would just be shaving all over and then you have all kind of ingrown hairs. The same way. We just need to start to re-educate. And, and you're seeing that there's a natural movement now that now it's, there's a natural, natural movement. Yeah. Because, like, in the 70s, with the Black Power movement, of that course. was pushed by it. It was natural, yeah. So it, it was pushed Afro to have Afros, Afros, Afros and them yeah. things, and it was an expression. No, we just have women who just, I want to try it. Or some women think it looks good. Or some women think it's trending. So there's not a natural, yeah, there's no real push. Yeah, not realizing that this, this is a movement. It's right. not just a style. Right. But, like I said, no. What I'm saying is that it's less of a movement now and just... A style, yeah. Right. That's what I mean. That's what, that's what but I'm what it's going to do is that you're going to have now some girls that grow up, unlike before, grow up now where it's normal. Where they've, they've seen the mother with the natural hairs all the time and the mother at least has some notion of how to treat the hair. I can take her to somebody with a notion before you never had that. True. It was all just, let's just straighten it, so just relax yeah. it. Because that's, that's the look. And I, I tell people, I, I, I see police women with locks. I go into the bank with locks. When I'm talking about these were institutions that... Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You had to conform to and the And then European again, it, it, com it comes back to our history. If you go even a little bit further back, even before the National Bank was established, our National Bank was established, most of the tellers were brought in for Barbados and most of them were white. They stayed what? in that building that was previously the development bank building that they just tore down. Uh -huh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense now. Like... 
Why would there be so much pre-established um, European rules, especially in a bank that's, that says it's saying it's National Bank? Like, you would think that saying it's National Bank might be more lenient with the, the workers that work there um, in terms of their naturalism. Or that, I, I think even earlier on, there were a little bit more laps, but that was the, that was the established norm, mm-hmm. that First Communion, anything that was deemed professional, anything that it was deemed higher level, you couldn't go with your hair like that. You see that people, I've I, I, I walked with natural women and people asking them, what make you got your hair so? So you're going to go walk? But we've been taught that that's ugly. That has been, yeah. you know what I mean? Ugly is always changing. It's, ne- it's never anything pre-established. It's, and ugly is always what is seen as not the norm. And, and that has been not the norm. So any outliers, any yeah. outliers may be So ugly. you could imagine that people that grow up and, you you you've been supplied with a disdain for your hair mm-hmm. in its natural state, so you're you constantly trying to change it. You hate it. You hate it. Constantly trying to hide it. We buy the most wigs, so even if people say, "All oh, right, it's not about that. It's more, more making it more manageable." Why we buy the most hats? Why we buy the most wigs? That's true. I mean, in the black communities, billion, multi-billion dollars, we still invest in this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I never understood, um, Garfield. Why is it that in the Caribbean, I mean, Donia is, Donia is soldering hot. Why is it that business suits, like blazers, you know what I mean, like three-piece suits, why are those things still common, so common? When the, the weather itself doesn't, I mean, it, it's completely, to me, counterproductive. Why it, is it, that? Why is that? So? It's years of inculcation of that, and then that has become part of our culture. Not only that, that's the norm. When we look on TV, that's how that's that, that's how we see businesses. That's how we dress for a business meeting. That's how that's that's how we see next level. So for me, you feel like a different man. Even for me, you feel like a different man when you pull on that blazer. But of course, our temperature doesn't allow for that. Temperature doesn't allow for drinking tea all the time. Yeah, that's true. Like, why should we drink a hot morning? Why should we drink tea? We should be drinking. Cool and refreshing drinks all through the day. Mojitos, mm-hmm. lemonade, lots of ice. True. But we drink tea. And they tell us that, that makes the gas leave our stomach. Is so that true? Oh, of course not. So, so tea doesn't have that effect? What is gas? Let, let me ask you that question. I that, always, I want that's, to that's a great question. Gas is a very vague complaint because gas for me is just feeling a bit bloated and having some gas in the stomach. But for most other people, it's a pain. Uh, it's a movement, so you really can't get it to f- get it fixed. And and this, uh, uh, this is just across cultures. Everybody talks about gas. Oh, Even yes. in, in in Latin America, they speak about. I mean, yes. by different but they speak about this gas and the movement because lots of us, lots of things, medicine still can't complain. But gas resides in there. What your stomach and all the intestines, mm-hmm. they're, they're hollow in the middle, so they can they can contain gas. Mm-hmm. Not only there's a lots of fermentation with the food of and course. lots of bacteria that produce gas. So there are certain foods that produce more gas, but all this gas usually escapes through your mouth, where it's a belch, or through the rear, where it's flatulence, or what we call a poop. Mm. But it doesn't create a... So, so if you don't have a meal, there's not, there isn't any extra, extra gas, gas that's going to cause any really bad effects. And, and so the, if there's no excess gas, that means the whole tea thing is... is, is no. It's not true. The anti- so antioxidants work on a different level. I mean, those are what micronutrients and so on. Antioxidants you get from your food, and you can get them from a varying amount of different foods. You could get it from tea too, but you could get it from different foods. But your stomach has its set temperature and its set acidity, and those is what affect your enzymes and everything. Those are what more important. And most of the bacteria that resides here are set to that temperature 
and pH. So no even I can give you an example. We talk about tea and we want it tea hot. Mm-hmm. But it burns our mouth. So yeah, most times we keep cooling it and we don't drink. So we, we heat it to that high temperature, but we don't really drink it until it reaches down to a... A manageable. A manageable temperature. temperature. Uh-huh. And then when it enters the stomach, it, it has to go... It, all contents of the stomach are going to maybe maintain that one set temperature or pH. If it doesn't enter like that, the body tries to create that, that, that stasis mm-hmm. there. So... If it's cold, it then becomes hot in your stomach. If it's hot, then your body if tries it's hot, to cool it down. It needs to get a certain temperature that was going to be on your tissues of your mouth and mm-hmm. throat. So, so you t- and then it's going to get to whatever temperature, whether that be low or high, but it's going to get to that set temperature of your stomach. So all those things about temperature of food, like for example, if we cook our food, uh-huh. that's just to break down lots of the, 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 the fibers in it to make it more easy. chewable and easier to eat. Mm-hmm. But it has nothing to do with our stomachs. And nothing to do with gas. Nothing at all. But right. you can't tell you can't tell my elderly patients that. So you cannot. Course, uh, I, I hope so, and you that's why we buy apart from hats and wigs, we buy lots of what we call gas medicines. Which most times uh, do affect our pH, not, not 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 and have nothing to do with gas. But then the thing is you can't fight the mind because I mean you would understand the, the effects of placebo. If if I drink no, tea. No, right, 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 if right. I drink tea, I feel like when I went to university that, that's why because I remember my mother inculcating that in me all the time. You, you have mean, to have something hot before you leave the house, otherwise you're going to faint me. So you always have this fear in you that something is going to happen. And I remember going to university. Then I got morning shift and my mm-hmm. hospital were hours away. So most times, uh, you know, you try to get in that extra sleep and then you're rushing. Yeah. And a couple of times, um, couple, one morning I'm rushing, Couldn't couldn't get a chance to put on the kettle. So I had to have juice because there was no tea available there. It wasn't a coffee drinker. The coffee was the only thing hot. I didn't have the coffee. And it was good. And that changed my mind. So lots of it is mental, mental. and uh, placebo effect. It's mental. I, I haven't, I don't think I drink, I don't, my mother was I very tea, liberal. I love tea though. My mother was extreme. I like, I like iced tea, sorry to say. My mother's very liberal. Like by the time I was like nine, ten, she was like, you know, you could drink juice if you want. If you don't want to drink this milk tea anymore, you could drink juice. Well, I, no, when I your, mother, your mother was different because most mothers is rich. Yeah, milk well, tea or bush tea. This is the this is the mother that was a that is a nurse. Eh? So she, she's like, if you want to drink, even no other option. Buy. I used to drink lemonade for breakfast. Like I, that was my. Why thing. that couldn't happen in my and, house? And I like, I loved it. I loved it. And it was weird because when we went to other, of course, you know, when you go to other houses, uh, if you had to stay with like your family in Saint Croix or something, like the, the normal custom is that hey, it's milk tea in the morning or, or well, they started to shift to coffee. I really don't like coffee. But they started to shift to coffee. You should so try like, espresso. Like, I don't do coffee. I don't know the typical coffee. The typical coffee is American-style coffee. Mm-hmm. But what's the difference? I don't do milk either. Oh, you don't do milk? Yeah, I have a great disdain for milk. I don't think a- human beings should be drinking anything apart from breast milk. Why would we be drinking the milk of another mammal that looks nothing like us, can't even talk, and think that it's going to make us healthy? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Somebody raised another good point about milk too. They said, if you look at what milk does for a calf, it turns a, 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 a 30-pound calf a tons, into yeah. hundreds of pounds of, of, of cattle meat, you know, in quick time, right? You drinking milk, is, what do you think it's doing to your body? It's creating inflammation elements. It's actually, you're not, you're not and we call it a liquid meal, but it's a milk because it has a great amount of protein. It's basically, it, it, it is a meal. It's a protein meal. So that's where lots of persons who say that they don't eat meat don't drink milk either. Mm. But I'm allergic, which was lucky for me. But uh, so Are I never allergic? acquired a taste for it. But just milk, 
baby formula, all these things. I, I, it's just like you said, there are lots of things we do that shouldn't be done, but they're very much norm. Like milk was a failing industry in the U.S. until a couple guys came together and they said, no, nah, we, we have to do something now. about yeah. it. So right now, the Got Milk ad is the longest running ad on television ever. Got milk. But it turned around the whole American Dairy Association. But it also increased the, the amount of obesity, the obesity rate in the, in the States. Mm-hmm. As soon as they introduced that new food table that had um, you, the majority of your food should be uh, yeah, carbohydrates. The they had the pyramid and the bottom of and the And actually, dairy as a section? Yes, dairy had its own section um, in the table. And they, they, pr- they, they push this on. They tell everybody, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what a balanced meal looks like. It create lots of people... What happened there was lots of there were a lot more variety in the American diet at that point there. And so that lots of variety mean that persons could make a substantial profit. What when you make a substantial profit, for example, if everybody wants convenient food, mm-hmm. then fast food would make make, make lots of money because you just want to run in. And I was amazed when it showed that lots of these fast food restaurants, especially like Madonna's, it's not even about the burgers. It's about fries. Yeah, it's about fries. And clean bathrooms. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that part. I don't know about yeah. the fries. Because most of them are in areas, like big shopping areas. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, in this state, you can't get actually a bathroom. It's difficult. That was one of the most difficult things. When I went to New York this year, um, that was one of the most difficult things for me to adjust to. Mm. The lack of public public facility. Public Just walking toilet. around with a wa- walking empty water bottle. Walking around bottle. with a... That's what? <laughs> a empty water bottle, you go into a change room. Ease yourself. You know, I wish I thought of that. That would have saved me a lot of grief. Because you really can't shop in comfort if you have a full bladder. You can't. You can't. You, you can't think of anything. You only think of one thing at a time when you have a full bladder. And that is relieving yourself. And then the thing is, what I used to ask myself is like, but the first time I went to the subway, I was like, why does he smell like, you know, it smell like urine and, and feces? The whole thing to me, like every single, well, not everyone, but as you go further and further away from Manhattan, it just gets worse and worse. Mm. And the subway, because it smells like to high heavens, right? Mm. And I used to wonder why, like, why is it these people so nasty? But then you think about it, there are no, there are no facilities and no bathroom facilities in these suburbs. Apart from I remember, remember it's underground, so lots of the other drainage are falling up to that area. Right too. into that area. Right, yeah, yeah. It's terrible, it's horrible. It's to me a little inhumane, right? But I don't know, I don't know. I didn't know the bathroom thing, but I don't know for sure, like, I mean, in terms of food. But we are, we are acclimatizing more to that kind of diet too. Like, we like the fast food now. We're, we're becoming more... Food I mean, is a status symbol. It, it, just like, just like... You know, I remember one time going up, uh, just to grab an example, like the Pajero, or what we call it Pajero, was the status symbol, like, you know, most of the government ministers. Would drive if, up Pajero. Yeah. And, and over the years, you always know, there's always that status Prado, symbol ve- you know. right, vehicle. It's the same thing food has become known. So you have a mother now that you say you love lemonade. Before mm. your mother would have just make some lemonade and give you a bottle to take to school or even in a flask or whatever. True. No, unless that's a high C or Capri Sun, it looks as if you're poor. People don't like looking poor, even if they're not. Uh, so the same how you go down to KFC, you come up with your bags, yes. put it up. Because I don't know if you remember, it happens now with Nevis and KFC, but I remember going to St. Martin and I loved coming off the plane with a KFC because, you know, to say, man, I never, you, I never heard you, of that. You would be the only one in St. Kitts, unless there's <laughs> somebody's in the plane that's eating KFC and people would see it. Oh, people would know that's what I see on TV. So it, it is 
a status symbol. But food has become predominantly a status symbol that mothers are afraid to put certain things in lunch kit because they look poor. So they wouldn't mix the drink because it means like you look as if you can't afford And that's why they, they would even go the distance and give you money so you could buy food, you right. could buy lunch. Which is, right. Again, it, all of this feeds into the, 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 the unhealthy dynamic that food has become. Like the fast food, I mean, there's there's very little nutritional value in some of these fast food. You, you're going to eat chicken and fries, but eating chicken and fries every day. Because I remember coming home and getting up on my high horse and preaching to mothers you should do healthy and cook from scratch. But cooking from scratch needs time, time yeah, it and does. effort. If I could just take, go and get some KFC, the kids going to love it. And I know they'll get a full bunny. I, you know, I mean, I pay a reasonable price. That eliminates me having to go buy rice, buy all the different ingredients and cooking it. So even when we... Sp- so that's why the, we always have to have that feedback and the interconnection because then... I'm a doctor, president mm-hmm. of the Medical and Dental Association. If I grab two of my colleagues and we go up to the... Without having that exposure, seeing people on a level and talking and knowing people on a level. I go and, sp- and the Prime Minister calls me and tell me, all right, we need to talk. We need our people to eat healthy. I'd be telling them, no, we need to get them to do more vegetables. And, but it needs more policy. Mm. Policy is the only thing that dictate that vegetables could be cheaper. Mm, we true. have a commune. People start to go out in the backyards, wherever the case. But that's the only thing that dictate it. Until then, you're going to have a mother that's doing two jobs. She's going to go for the convenience. True. It doesn't matter what you tell her that's convenient, that she could just have a meal already prepared. There's nothing like that for a mother that's stressed short out. in time, stressed out. Mm-hmm. She know the glory is going to come in those kids. Right? Because then the next thing is that marketing. That marketing it's on TV. amazing. But then Dominica doesn't have a, a more, like, a more subsistence level sort of that. Like, I mean, in every corner in Dominica, you could find, like, you know, local drinks and local this and local that. It's, 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 it's almost like... But that comes from the history of Dominica, mm-hmm. making that transition away from sugar. Sugar hurt. The same sugar that we like to highlight as our great history, it's a rubber of water, rubber of land, rubber of culture. Because how much more, how much other things could, could coexist with sugar. With a sugar-dominated economy. It's true. That's a good point. How much other things could exist? That's a good point. That's a good point. Where that was true, the year when even it was out of season, people, you it's know what I mean? still stocking you know, like you can't yeah. plant anything in between it. Yeah. It, it. yeah. So they diversified very early. And then, remember, I, I don't know about you, but growing up, I always used to hear people say, Dominica is the only island Christopher Columbus would... would recognize if he comes back because it was Sanchez yeah yeah that's but what I'm saying but they're now poised to be maybe the only island that has like ecotourism yeah that's what I'm you saying you know what ecotourism means ecotourism and this is, a, this is a reality in Dominica that people will fly into Guadalupe and St. Lucia and come over on a fishing boat because you have that young vibrant man with a backpack that decides I want to come to Dominica and trek so whereas our tourism you now you have to fly off on the big jumbo jet mm-hmm. and if there are empty seats we have to pay and then he that person has to go to a Marriott. They're not going to a little bed and breakfast. True, true. Because they want wheelchair access, they want to go to the casino. Mm-hmm. Have you they ever want seen to be so? comfortable? Right, because lots of them are 70, 80 in the last Of course. You understand? Last so, a, so we have to now negotiate what type of tourism we want. Dominica now is not poised to do that ecotourism. That's why they have persons on every corner. Mm-hmm. Like I remember going to Dominica and it was one of the most enjoyable islands for me on a whole. And I've traveled to most of them. One is the people. Because Dominicans are just inherently different. Yeah, they're Farmers, different. people tell us are different. We 
operate in an economy and in a society where people, just like so everything is a status symbol, people prefer to work in the office because it's air conditioned, it's mm-hmm. hot, but it means you get very little pay, you need certification and recertification. Yeah. And so you, you spend more time. You spend easily manageable time. because there's not much job security in any of these office jobs. You can be replaced. Sure. And sometimes you're not, you don't have to be replaced by somebody that's better. But you you're could be a farmer now. Right? Sometimes. If you're a farmer now, you can't come to a farmer with nonsense. You can't even come to him with money sometimes. Guy, he telling you money can't. He he wants his land irrigated. He wants certain things, and if he doesn't get it, he could still feed his family. True, but he just won't feed yours. Right. So he's good. So that's where the same politicians have to approach the Dominican, the average Dominican, differently. That's a good point. That's a. Sad. I've been to places in Dominican. This this might this might I don't know if this is a poor country. Whether this the way they're deemed non-feasible to to to. To have indoor plumbing, as in no water gets it because it's just not feasible. Yeah, it don't make any you sense. You can imagine selling a condition there? No, you can't. A condition up in 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 <laughs> even in the back stable turning up to the back stable mm-hmm. turning. Telling him you, you I can't, hope you know, can't get water. He going and voices the next day. Yo, I don't know. We're gonna do a show about entitlement, it's gonna be great. But just think like we have a different mentality again. The Dominicans and, and uh, I'm I used unchanged. to I used to jump up in my head and my high horse and talk about entitlement. But we, why why can't we be entitled? Why we can't hold our leaders and make them feel like you're supposed to go in there and deviate? Because sure, history we haven't had that, but there must be something must speak to what are we demanding? You know, nothing wrong with holding them accountable and saying that you but it can't be to pay a house rent and. But that's the thing. And, you know what the problem I find? The problem I find is so that... nothing wrong with being entitled and feeling that your leaders are supposed to make your life better. I have no problem with that. In terms of making your life better, of course. The thing is, what, what I find the, the problem is, is that we have an inactivity. We, we, we don't, we don't want to do anything. That's some of us, it's like we expect when a politician goes in, especially a certain politician, that he could take you out of poverty. And I personally don't believe that a politician could take you out of poverty. I think a lot of people would be in poverty even if a politician had to pay off all your debt. It's like saying, look, you make $1,500 a month. I'm going to give you $2,000 a month instead of fifteen. That's a $500 increase. What people end up doing with the $500, you might think, okay, since they have $500 extra, it means that they're going to you know, help to pay off the debt. They're going to have all their bills under control. That is not so. The priority, the priority of some people is not, is not too handle certain things and to take themselves out of poverty. But I think most politicians understand that poverty serves their purpose. It is a tool. Yeah, yeah. It is a tool. So it's like So most of them don't mind that you're not asking for anything long lasting or anything that's going to really change your score. Exactly. But that's what Because in the end how you, you see how we how our politicians politicians manipulate us. Big concerts. Big concerts. Good time. Good time. Just before elections, good time. Right. Everything is great. You could get a, you could get a washing machine. You could get a, a dryer. You could get whatever you want. You could get these little small things. But then, you know, you're sucking salt for two, three years. You understand? For the majority of it, well, they do what they need to do. Some of them, I think some of them have the right idea by all means, but some of them are also greedy. Like, you're in a position where you could access resources. But talking about, uh, I gave somebody the example of that. Just the other day that we're up in arms now talking about the homicide rate and how much people being murdered. And, you know, for us, the greatest atrocity is to take another human life. Mm. But how how, how we see it as, I, I, I feel a greater sin, a greater crime is committed when a politician has been placed there by the masses 
and he's going to abscond funds, take funds, do anything of that matter because one, it affects us yeah, it does. right now, this today, mm-hmm. and it's going to affect every other generation. And more than likely, he won't even be punished. No, he will not because it embarrasses the party. He will be hidden down, or whatever the case may be. Well, unless a politician caught up in a fiasco or a fear. And, and guess get anything than a slipper and a risk. I guess but everything he does affects us now and, and in forever. future. Like sometimes, sometimes. But a guy goes into a Chinese tea for beef because he's hungry. And he's going to jail for He's going to jail and he play faces plastered all, all over, over the place. Yeah, so sure. we have to, the, the same way people, talk, people talking about crime. And so as people talk about crime and then they like to link it to unemployment. Mm. But again, that's because we're always looking at that lower level crime of 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 larceny and breaking in mm-hmm. and all. But we have politicians, businessmen mm-hmm. who are committing blue collar crime, whose bank books are filled, they're well employed and they're committing crimes. But yeah. we like, like I said, when we make these notions and talk about crime, we're just talking about murder, yeah. robbery. Surface level. Yeah, we're not talking about blue collar and white collar crime. Which are which, much more far reaching. Which are much more far reaching. Yeah. We got and, like and, and, and it questions your mind when you're gonna see a guy that is a banker that getting a good salary, living in a good house, driving a good car, and still feeling needs to rob poor people. Yeah, sure. He getting rewarded for 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 doing the in some places like in Asia that 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 that's that that's a death penalty. Why not Certain in the crimes world? like that, it's a death penalty because they understand how grievous they are. But then it, it's even if we link it back to what you said earlier, we were talking about capitalism. We're talking about capitalism. Capitalism is underpaying somebody or trying to make as much profit as possible. Let me not say underpaying somebody. There are many ways. To make as much profit as possible, sometimes bending the lies. I once told somebody in capitalism, the only sin is loss. Is loss? As in opposite of profit. Yeah. That's the only sin. That's the only sin, yeah. Everything is smooth over and it's not about, they will tell you it's not about emotion, business is not about emotion. It's a hustle. It's a hustle. That's what they tell us. It it doesn't have to be, um, it could be a zero sum game for some. It could be just profit for me. It could be one-sided. Like, I could completely take everything. I could make people sick because of my decisions. They yeah. could dump things into the food supply. Yeah. I could give them it's food that I know going to make them. But as long as the profit margin, as long as the balance sheet is on the profit side. Like, I mean, again, the only sin is loss. The only sin is loss. The only sin is to make a loss, man. All right, all right. All right, so Garfield, let's wrap up. Let's wrap up. Let's wrap up. And the last thing I'm going to ask you is like, I mean, just final comments in terms of um, where are we going? Where should we be going? Where are we going or where should we be going? That's, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a tough question. Where are we going or where should we be going? Because, I mean, especially in, the, in, in what we're talking about in terms of black identity. Like, where are we going? Um, like I told you, when I came up from Cuba, I was, not, I was, I still am. I'm still very much a, a Caribbean man. I would love to see lots more integration. I, I hate these false boundaries and borders and obstacles we put in the way of the common market and because we've seen America do it and all those states were fractured all those states were fractured back in the day sure. I guess that that whole civil war and taxes kind of pushed them together and we don't have that Europe divided by by borders languages different cultures Distance. created the European Union but our, our, our leaders, 
I, I don't see them making enough effort. Even something something as simple as a CC J, you know, we we're mm-hmm. still qualming about that. We're still feeling that we, we, we st- and, and for me it's not even a white man, black man thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that why 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 wouldn't do, why we wouldn't want to be self governed? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And why we want That's our judiciary court. to reside within our realm where there's much more understanding and we don't have to transcend and 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 help help them to understand. I understand that people have fears that there's so much politics embedded yeah, in that, in but the there region. are ways around it. Around it. So I would, lo- I'd love to see more Caribbean integration. We share the same sea and sky. I would, I would love to see increase. I don't want to say taxation, but us getting more from these cruise ships, these floating hotels that are competing with our hotels, True. and we somehow feel. Enamored, some of feel blessed whenever they touch our shores. Yeah. Our shores, because it's all about destinations, you know. Mm-hmm. Today or tomorrow, you could get taken off from any ship's destination. Anything could happen. It could just be a murder or anything else. And then up. we go out. We go up to these con- um, conferences and and undersell each other. We don't even out be undersell each other. So if this person is giving them. Um, charging one dollar head, we don't charge. This person giving them water for five dollars per gallon. We don't charge for the water, just just to have us as a destination. And to me, that, that, that that's only the only the, the only only the foreigners are winning. Mm. Only the foreigners are and, winning. And that around that can, you can't get around that eh? unless we unite. Unless we are one block, that one person is going up and negotiating that. We don't have necessarily because every nation is just trying to get their due. Yeah. And you want to be a politician up on. Uh, on that pedestal, preaching that you have a million, yeah. That you had a preaching that you leaders. have increased traffic and movement yeah. here. You had six. You had you had three times more more floating hotels right. landing. I'm here just afraid that we, we, we in a world where there's cars. Uber and Lyft mm-hmm. and Airbnb, that that we're still falling behind. Because I always start bed and breakfast with the way to go. In a small island like this, like we don't need. If if any, we need one this major hotel, and then for just, that for that yeah. either high end or for that elderly population that needs a ramp and needs to see yeah the those country. facilities right those facilities. But then but if we could, have bed and breakfast, then the the, the economic the economic gains would filter out throughout so much yeah. more of the of, of the space. So much more people will get touched by that. Why we not? Why why Sankis was invested so much in um, sporting infrastructure? Why we don't have plane loads of persons coming down from Canada and Europe? Teams. It doesn't even have to be professional teams coming down and training with us because we, we have so much persons in that area. True, true. But we have the infrastructure. We have a track. We have a football stadium. We have all the works. Why are we not doing that? Why are we still looking at the rudimentary type of tourism that, that we have? True. With all these doctors that we have coming back, all the doctors from Cuba, why we don't have people? We don't even have to be the one that directly gives them treatment. But why not people coming down and they recuperate? Because sure. just our natural sand of course, and air. It's therapeutic. It's therapeutic. So why, why we don't have those visions and why we're not carrying out these visions down in the Caribbean? Any Caribbean island, because I'm not just talking about St. Kitts now. Why are we not doing that? Sure. So what kind of leadership we're going if we're not being led? Sure. We're just selling land. Yeah. But the main <laughs> thing, the first step is that, that national history. We have to know ourselves. We don't know ourselves. I was amazed because I, I am a history buff. I love history. It's the only subject I got a distinction in at CXC. Absolutely love history. I'm always, and I was blown away about the things that I did, did not know, know of St. Kitts. The amazing things. Even Sir Thomas, one who I, 
I hated you when 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 the story was given when we went through in detail about this man, the, the genius of this man because he came here as explorer, mm-hmm. established the place, was our first governor, so he transitioned into politics. He sold the island, he made it the seat of the British Council. Wow. So the same way I hated that statue and then turn around, given a different perspective, understood why, why it needed to be there. I appreciate it. The same as for Sir Thomas Wanderson. So for how many more aspects of our history, how many more aspects of our now yeah. that could be appreciated and valued? If you if, only shine some light on it. Yeah. If you only shine some light on it. And the archives are there now. The, the information is there. Information is there to make 20, 30 history books. But we have to start teaching national history. Otherwise, we, we, we're doomed to repeat some of the atrocities. And I just, I just gave you a couple of the yeah, examples did, earlier yeah. before. Simple examples. So, how much things were hidden? How much how things, much things we're, still, we're still repeating in loop? And they tell us that we can't trace our histories, but we've been shown that we could see where the slaves come from. So, lots of persons could be tracing the natural history back to, back to Africa. But it's just that we have to make the effort. You have to make the effort. And we have to see the value. Value added. We got to see it. Guys, we've been talking to Garfield Alexander, Dr. Garfield Alexander. Garfield, man. Okay, we're going to go into the last part of the show. But yeah, so we're going to go into the last part of our, our, our segment. So it's going to be, I have to say three things that uh, we definitely are sure are incorrect. All right? Um, I could start it off, and then you'll take a turn. We'll go out tonight. Okay. All right, so one thing... Well, it has I, to be from our, it's from our conversation? Of course, just, no. It could be anything. Uh, it could be absolutely anything. All right, so I'll show you how, how much anything could be. I am absolutely sure by tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock that Elon Musk would be broke. That? Elon Musk okay. would be broke. That's, I don't know. That's incorrect, yeah. <laughs> yeah, your turn. That, oh, that, all right. I usually say that's incorrect, yeah. Um... That's a tough one. Like you said, we, we, I'm, not, I'm not good at... <laughs> I'm, I'm, asked every, I'm tasked every day with saying what is correct. Yes. Wow. It, it, everybody, everybody, wherever we got this shit, it's the same. I'm definitely sure that I'm going to absolutely love this podcast when I hear it. <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> I hate to hear my. Uh, yeah, to hear myself recorded, right? right you hate right, to hear right, yourself right. recorded. Okay. And then for me, when I'm speaking, uh, for me, it's it's, it's flowing, it's coming out. And then when I do listen to the recording, I'm gonna hear the the hemming and hawing and. But that's I think that's a conversation. That's how a conversation works. Okay, so my turn. Okay, so you're definitely sure you're gonna love this podcast when it comes out. Um. Okay. My mother always hated me. Okay. <laughs> That's definitely correct. She listens to this podcast, but anyway, so like we, we're gonna, we, I'm gonna have oh, a, okay. a conversation about that. How could you say that? You know, you can't go and say me like it, even though your fa- your brother is the favorite. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my mother and father are still here, and I'm gonna see them tomorrow. Oh, my my condolences. No, they've been gone for quite a while. So no condolences. Mm-mm, they've gone on to a better place they've made space for other people oh there you go okay that was a little dark okay um, <laughs> okay my last one um, I am pretty sure that when people hear this podcast everything will change immediately <laughs> I like that one 
That's Cunnilingus it. is not important. Oh, man. Dude, that's a completely different discussion. You know? That's completely different. Hey, the rest of them, them would disagree with you, you know, that's for sure. Not the real Rastaman them. The real Rastaman. No, because the real Rastaman them must, 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 must. Must know the magic that is in this. Is, this that is. Must impress the impress. And must impress. The yeah. bedroom is on the field. The, 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 the Bible did say that. Mm. All right. Guys, we had Dr. Garfield Alexander on the show, man. Thank you so much, man, and for being here. That's strange that we had a whole podcast talking about different topics and that. and, and That didn't come up. Uh, like Rastafari, liberty. That's usually a topic that I always kind of seem to see. Run into integration. Yeah, yeah. Well, you talk about a bunch of other things. There's room for other podcasts, I guess. All right, so thank you, Dr. Garfield Alexander. And guys, you can check out objectivelyincorrect.com for all the episodes. We have hot takes every single week. We come out every single week on Wednesday. You can check us on SoundCloud or we're on iTunes as well. And that's objectively incorrect. I N C O W R E C K E D dot com. All right, so guys. Thank you so much for listening and peace, no gang signs. <laughs> Everybody laugh.